feel butter. I'm feeling butter today. I feel butter. What can I say? I feel butter in every single way. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode three of I Feel Butter. And you guys are going to feel absolutely butter today, too. I have one of my newest friends on the keto world, Chelsea, a.k.a. the keto half-asser. And if you don't know her story, she was bullied into keto from a roller coaster. And now she's bullied for doing keto. And so that's the life that she lives. That's the that's the, the rock that she carries. That's the cross she carries uh, for us in the keto world. Uh, Chelsea, I actually uh, went out and found I was I was trying to find. Uh, different types of um, motivation and like encouragement and things like that just to go through the world because you 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 have your regular followers and your regular friends that you interact with all the time on Instagram and I was like I need some new inspiration and so I started looking up hashtags and stuff like that and I found you on there and I, I hate that I hadn't followed you yet because I mean you have an abundance of followers and I'm like and your content's hilarious yeah what's wrong and with you <laughs> literally the first story I watch of yours it's thick thick the thick thick Thursday and it's sausage day and I was like I got to have this person on the podcast. Like, I have to. So I love to break in the new followers on Thick Dick Thursday. Like, it, was, it, it was like, how, like if you're going to have a sausage day on a Thursday, you got to call it Thick Dick Thursday. And I was like, this is going to be phenomenal. And so since then, I, I mean, I reached out to you. I saw all your information with, you know, the you know Inside Edition and stuff like that. But I was like, you know, just to get to know you a little bit more, I wanted you to get on the podcast. And so... Tell us how you were bullied, you know, and how you continue to be bullied. So go for it. So Brian's being a little facetious, but yeah, I mean, I'm sure every fat kid that's lived their life as a, as a fat person or, you know, overweight person can attest to getting bullied, getting picked on, being singled out. Um, so I started noticing that I was bigger than all of my friends, probably like in second grade. And that's when the bullying started, and it really never stopped. Um, but I don't know, you kind of learn to go with the ebb and flow when you're that size. And like when you become an adult and everything, you you just learn to kind of adapt and grow a sense of humor about it, I think. At least I did. That's how I kind of coped with it yeah. uh, by creating Tick Tick Thursday and all these things, which I'm so glad we're recording this on a Thick Dick Thursday, like... And it is, and it's going to post on... Well, I don't know what you call Mondays. It's going to post on a Monday, so it'll post on... Moose Knuckle on Monday. It's what? Moose Knuckle Monday. <laughs> I mean, that's going to be the title of the show. Moose Knuckle Monday. Anyway, so you lose the weight. You, you know, you can, you can better yourself. You can do the things that you like to do, but there's still going to be people, when you put yourself out there... On the internet, there's still going to be people that don't like the way you lost weight or don't like what you eat or don't like what you post, don't like what you share. And so they'll let you know a lot of the times. And so you've got to constantly deal with the negativity as well as the positivity. But thankfully, I mostly get 99% positivity nowadays. So I can't complain about it. Well, I mean, the one, the 1% keeps you in line, you know, it humbles humbles you. The 1% is necessary. So you, you talk on something. So when I grew up, I was not uh, a large kid growing up. I developed into a large person as I as I progressed in life. Um, but once you become known as the big guy 
or the big friend, uh, it kind of just like messes with your mind. And so it's like you, you, you have to find that coping mechanism. And with you, you found humor. I found humor as well. He's always, you're that, you're the funny person. Like, you know, yeah. I don't want to yeah. be known as the fat person. I want to be known as the funny person. You're the fat, and funny so, friend. Yeah. And so that's like, you know, that was the whole situation. And so you, you know, going through second grade and you're, you're seeing all these things and you're experiencing that. What's, what's something that, that you carry with as that, you know, adolescent eight-year-old that you carry it with as an, as now as a successful adult that's got their life back and their health life back. What do you, what did you carry from that eight-year-old girl that went through that? Um, for sure. Empathy. I, I just like my heart pours out for when I see someone getting singled out for their size or I used to breathing heavy, uh, walking through the aisles or having trouble fitting into mm -hmm. a booth at a restaurant or, you know, even, even if it's not size related, like you just carry that empathy with you when you actually experience that growing up. And so, and I feel like that's a really good trait to have because it, I don't know, it just helps you relate a lot to mm -hmm. certain individuals. And then it helps you too to remember of where you came from and how far you've gone and the struggles that you've gone through. And it, for me, it's like a reminder of, like, I really don't ever want to go back to that place because that place of like low, bad health, like being scared of like dying young, about like 340 pounds, I'm like five, three, you know, that, and my dad like dying of cardiovascular issues. It just, that like scared me into changing my life. And so when you see it and you have the empathy, when you see it, it just really like takes you back. Yeah. And that's that's something that I think a lot of the health world needs is more empathy, um, especially I mean, I don't know what, how you've experienced your your uh, keto journey. Uh, but when I first started mine, the the wild ride that I experienced uh, by people not being concerned about what I ate prior to starting keto to what I ate doing keto was mind boggling because oh, yeah. I was like, how in the world is, is somebody like me who's taking control of my health finally um, and getting right is now being you know criticized and brought down and you know put into like oh you're gonna you're doing horrible things to your body to the people that just you know that didn't give a shit when I ate a whole box of little Debbie you know zebra snacks you know it's like <laughs> when when were you when were you gonna care about my diet back then but yeah. now you're gonna be concerned about it now and it's 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 that the empathy that's needed, especially in the Facebook space. I don't know if you ever did the face like keto for beginners on Facebook. Oh God, that's a dark place. It's the worst. It's <laughs> like, I, I had a friend like go, Hey, I added you to this group. You're going to love it. And within the first week I was like, these people attack people. Like what is happening here? Is that a carrot man on your like, plate? <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, it is a carrot. Uh, it's one single carrot just for, just for the sake of, and it blows my mind that it would just like keto police. And so I was like, I don't know if the, uh, the social aspect of keto is, is for me. So I kind of backed off of keto for beginners and I was like hanging around and then I went on to Instagram and I realized Instagram was a, a lot more friendly of a space uh, than the, uh, the world of the world of Facebook when it came to keto. And so your journey's interesting because you've been in the spotlight and, you know, and that's, I, I didn't know that until I started following you that, you know, you did inside edition uh, if apparently you've been on the Daily Mail twice for being bullied and tell me how much of like a mind fuck that is that you that you went from this person that didn't have and it, it didn't it's not that you didn't have like this social media clout but you went from I'm doing this because I need to 
to de- to being now a like a, a a public figure in the space. How does that feel to you? It's a total mindfuck. Just like you said, it's it's just crazy because you start this, and I still consider myself as just someone who follows keto, and so I stay in the Instagram space because I still love looking at people's posts and their food and being inspired by someone's transformation photos, and that's why I stay. It's not because I have like a bunch of followers. It's literally because like I love seeing everyone else's content, you know. And so when you're like projected all of a sudden into the spotlight, especially when it's focusing on your body, that definitely brings out every insecurity because I like I might come off as very, very confident and very, very secure, but I am human and I definitely, you know, have insecurities. And so especially doing inside edition. When you're filming on a high definition camera for national television, you know, and then they're also putting this on their YouTube channel, which I think yeah. it has like millions of views, my segment now, which that yeah. was that was enough of itself, but it really just makes you I don't know, it just it like freaks you out. So I just remember having like this severe anxiety the whole week leading up to like doing inside edition. And like when the day came, it was almost just like grit and bear it. Um, it. It wasn't, almost like wasn't as enjoyable as it probably would have been for a normal person. But because I was just like, I'm going to be so scrutinized. Like, what if they still think I'm too fat? Why did like, what if, why are they doing this? Like, I'm just, I had like imposter syndrome over it. Yeah. I was like, well, maybe they're going to like regret coming out here and like flying out here and doing this. But it ended up being such a great experience. Nothing I got, like, of course you get like the the hater comments or whatever, but the, the feedback was so great. And just being able to show people that a change like this is possible through diet, through changing your lifestyle, through changing your way of eating is really amazing to me. And so if I can like touch one single person, it's just worth it, you know, yeah. because there are so many people that struggle. I was one of the people that struggle and you're so desperate. Like weight loss is just like the most predatory industry and everyone is just so desperate to lose weight. I was there, you know, and so I feel for these people and I didn't realize that all of this was possible by changing your diet. Like I really thought you had to work out all day, every day. And like you had to be in a gym and, yep. or you had to get surgery. I didn't think that this kind of a change was possible naturally if you're changing your meaning. So if I can spread that message to anyone, then it's completely worth it to me. Exactly. And that, that was one thing that, um, that I've struggled with with keto in the, before I started it was that I had the, the, the reaction that keto was a fad diet. Like this is, you know, it's all new and all this bull crap. And I've been doing it for now I'm doing like, it's going to be three years in July. And, and so like I've lost 120 pounds. It's like, it's just, it's just second nature now because, you know, like as an adult, I turned into, I, you know, I became very sedentary. Uh, I ate more than I should have. Uh, I developed in an an eating disorder. I didn't realize I had an eating disorder until I lost the weight. And I was like, uh, somebody asked me if I struggled with ED and I was like, no, like I'm a man, like I got this. (laughs) And no, I, they're like, no, an eating disorder. And I was like, oh, okay, we're fine. Uh, I didn't know it until that. And I had, a, I was a binge eater. Like that was the one thing that I, and I, I still, uh, have been more mentally prepared for 
uh, issues like that because I was like, yeah, I know my triggers now. Like I didn't realize that this type of change to my lifestyle with a diet uh, would do that. And uh, it kind of, it, it's a, it blows my mind when I think about it and I look back because I was that guy and a lot of us are that I thought a magic pill or a magic shake, somebody else had to do the work, but me, like I had to do, I had to put something in my body to do the work. Um, and that wasn't it. Like my body could do the, to do the job. I just had to treat it right. And keto was the one that just made sense to me. It doesn't work for everybody, but it's a, it's a lifestyle and a diet plan that can be adaptable to anybody's life. I mean, you can do keto with anything that you do. Uh, even, I mean, vegetarians, meat eaters, you know, carnivore, I mean, all these different people, all of this is like sub segments of keto that, uh, once you start to learn to biohack your body, uh, it's mind, it just blows your mind that like, I, I, I still baffled by, oh, I ate this, this, and this, I changed my macros from the, the standard American diet, which is AKA the sad diet. And the, the results were something that I never even thought would actually happen. So it blows my mind that that's what this device uh, can do. And so when you started keto, what was something that you leaned on early in your journey that you still lean on now as you're going through, you know, with all this in losing half yourself, which is why you're the keto half-asser? Like, what, do you, what is something that you lean on? And that's something you've learned from just from the day one to where you're at now. Well, like I said earlier, I definitely leaned on inspiration from social media. So, like, the, the communities and kind of like you, I started in the Facebook groups and I was just really addicted when I first started. I still am, but when I first first started, I, I'm really addicted to knowledge and learning, and I want to learn everything there is to know about this thing that I'm doing. And so I would just come home from work, lay in bed, and literally just read about keto, go to all the websites, read all the Facebook posts, read all the comments, and then I kind of, and then the, the Facebook comments got a little crazy, you know. So then I kind of found Instagram, and I was really excited about that because. People weren't getting attacked. People weren't getting <laughs> keto police like they were on Facebook. So that was good. But you definitely learn as you go. And that's one thing that I try to tell people all the time. It's like when I first started, I thought that I had to have my macros perfect, that I had to meet my fat goal. And I had to, you know, like get it, get the pie chart absolutely perfect. Otherwise, this wasn't going to work out. But that is so not true. First of all, you don't have to meet a fat goal. I mean, some people want to, some people do, but in my opinion, if you're doing keto for weight loss, like fat doesn't need, it's a goal that doesn't need to be met. But, and that, those are things that I learned on the way because like my yeah. first week of keto, I was eating butter to meet my fat macro. I was literally like churning, like breaking up hard boiled eggs, yeah. putting butter on it. So I met my fat macro. So you're, there's just things that you kind of learn and adapt and, and then you kind of like, like for me, I started feeling less hungry in the morning. So coming off of the standard American diet, I was eating three meals a day plus snacks. So that's what I transitioned to into keto. I was just doing keto breakfast, keto lunch, keto dinner, keto snacks. And then I woke up one day a few months into it being that adapted at this point, like I really don't want to eat right now. And it just gradually gets like that. So when people ask me about like intermittent fasting, I'm like, that's not something that you should try to force, especially right away. It's just something that you should naturally adapt into because with keto, you are so much more satiated from your mm -hmm. food and you're eating these more nutritionally dense foods. And so you just have this like less, less 
hunger that's just nagging at you all day long and your blood sugar isn't going like this mm-hmm. all day like it is when you're eating chips and fries and things like that. And so it's just something that you like naturally adapt into. So just kind of going with, like I said earlier, the ebb and flow and finding out what works for you and maybe what doesn't work for you and realizing that also a weight loss journey on keto, especially there's different phases. So maybe something that you did at the beginning, you need to adjust kind of in the middle or at the end of your journey, um, which is things like this being very open and adaptable and not so rigid and militant with yourself, I think is very important. And I learned that along the way. Yeah. And it's, uh, and how you've been doing yours for over five years. It will be four years. Four actually, years like now. Next week or something. Yeah. That's insane. That's absolutely insane. And I touched on it a little bit here and I, I wanted to go through it cause it's, it's, you know, it's not a joke, but like your roller coaster experience that, um, that I think was it the daily mail <laughs> bullied on a roller coaster. She changed her lifestyle. Um, yeah. What was what was that experience like? What what exactly happened to 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 make you transpire into the half-asser that you are today? So I'm sure we all probably have like a catalyst for why we start a journey like this, and mine was definitely public humiliation. <laughs> uh, my boyfriend and I like we never take vacations ever, so we had planned this big vacation uh, for like Christmas at the end of 2017 did a cross-country road trip. I live in Arizona. We went to Florida, uh, spent all this money at Universal Studios and like planned on riding all these rides together. And I think I was just maybe like in denial about how like physically large I really was at that point because I was a little worried that maybe I would fit on some of these rides, but I had been to Universal Studios before and I was able to sit on everything. I mean, I'm not really that much bigger than I was the last time. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I actually was. So we stood in line to ride the mummy. We bored. (laughs) And so there's a lap bar that goes Uh over your body and it wouldn't latch. And so I'm trying my hardest, just like trying to get to laugh. It's not going. The ride attendant, which is probably like a 19-year-old girl, was like trying to push it down over me. My boyfriend was trying to push it down on me. It was like a whole scene. Oh, and no. I was just mortified. mortified. So I, I was like, okay, you know, just let me off. Like, I'll just get off. It's okay. Don't worry about it. And the girl, just like her eyes and like her face when she looked at me and in that moment, like she, like she felt sorry for me, you know? And I hate that. <laughs> Like, I just, I don't like, I don't like that. And so that made that, I'll never forget the way that she looked at me. So I got off and like, as I'm sitting there by myself, like waiting, I'm just like, I can't believe that my quality of life has gotten to this point because of what I'm putting in my mouth. And it's my choices. Like, I'm in control of this. Like, I'm the one that decides what I eat every day and how much I eat every day. And walking like doing physical activity and I do none of it so like I'm doing this to myself and this is crazy and so when we got back home I just happened to see someone on Facebook that I knew in real life post a transformation picture after losing a hundred pounds and she said she did it with keto and I was like oh gosh wow that's amazing and so then coincidentally like a week later another person posted a transformation photo like giving credit to keto and I was like okay I gotta do this because those were two people that were big like me 
And so when I'm seeing people that I know in real life that aren't trying to sell me a product, that didn't have surgery, that um, aren't using like pills or medication or whatever, and they're just changing their diet, I was like, I have to try this. It works for them. I can do it too. And so I literally just like dove into researching keto, just the yep. basics, because it was like right over, right, like my first day. So I just looked at what to buy at the store, kind of the fundamentals, like you're cutting the carbs, you're cutting the bread, you're cutting like the milk and the sugar. Um, so I came home <clears throat> that day and I told my boyfriend, I was like, so I'm keto now. I'm just letting you know you're in or you're out, but I'm keto now. So get with it or don't. And he was like, oh, okay, yeah, like we'll see how long that lasts. And we're like joking about it. And it's so funny because here we are four years later. And I'm a, like, my life is so different. Yeah. Everything, everything is just physically different, emotionally different. It's just a complete transformation. So have you gone back to Universal to ride the mummy yet? I have not. Man, I have not. That's, that's your like triumph story. That's the Disney moment right there is that you step on there and throw away cries in the movie. That's what it's supposed to be. <laughs> So the Inside Edition spot was them trying to get me back at Universal to ride the mummy, but Universal wouldn't let them film. So we went to a local roller coaster place to do the segment. <laughs> Not quite as good. Not the same. I don't think that's the same at all. Uh, they're just like, hey, can you ride this uh, this little horse outside the, yeah. the grocery store? Like, sure. Okay, thanks. This little so. death trap roller coaster. Yeah. <laughs> that's insane. That's, I mean, that's it, the story itself is amazing because, I mean, it does show uh, kind of uh, you, we have these middle blocks because as a big person, I, I, I saw myself as big, but I didn't see myself as, as big as I did. And I didn't realize how big I was until I look back and I see those transformation photos because uh, I have friends that have, you know, that are, you know, larger. And they're like, hey, I don't like taking pictures. And I was like, well, you need to take pictures now because once you start your health journey, I said, that's going to motivate you. That's going to be your piece. That's going to be your connective yeah. tissue. You're it's kind of like you had more before photos. Exactly. And so and I was always afraid like there was uh, most of my photos, um, especially with my kids, like I would position my kids in front of me so I would not appear to be as large as I was. Uh, needless to say, I still just look like a fat guy with two kids in front of me. Oh, uh, stop. So, no, but like it was just it was like. <laughs> It, it, that was the way that my mental, like, that's how I, like, mentally was like, oh, I got to get my kids in front of me. So, they, you know, they they make me appear to be skinny. Um, <laughs> but it really, like, that was the moments that uh, that I had because when I started keto, like, I started losing weight really, really fast. And it was like a, a wake-up moment because I didn't have, like, I had a goal of, like, 70 pounds. Because, like, oh, I'm going to be back in because I was at 300, I was, like, 340 at that time. And I was oh, like, I'll be back in the two. Yeah, so it was like, and I was like, we had... <laughs> I was like, if I'm in the 270s and 260s, man, I, I mean, I remember looking delicious in my early 20s as that size. And literally, like, I look back at those photos and I was like, I was not delicious. And I had a, a misconception of what I, what I, you know, what I looked like. Um, but it was, uh, it's, it's mind boggling to me to go back and see that because it's the non-scale victories that I've put more on to my journey than the scale victories. Uh, I used to celebrate my weight on my page, like, oh, this is this is how much I weigh. This is, you know, look, oh, this is great. And I, I, I removed that, and I'm down. Like, I'd put how much I've lost, and it's not like 120 pounds down forever. Like, it could come back if I was an idiot, so I have to make sure that it's down. But the non-scale victories is something that I found um, about seven months into my journey of, like, what I was looking at. And because I hit, I think I hit 85 pounds within six months lost. And I was wow. like, I'm like, I was blown away. I was like, what? I'm like, my body reacted that quickly 
and worked that hard. And I, unlike you, like that macro stuff, you know, I stuck to my macros because I am type A 1000%. And, and so I was like, I need to do this, this, and this, and this. If it's not working here, then I need to just here, here, and here. I need to watch out what I eat here, here, here. And so I had a plan of action because I did like you did for, I, I dove into keto and for about two or three months before I even started keto, I researched it and I got ready for it. Um, I still enjoyed myself. I went to Vegas before starting keto. So like I started keto July 1st, 2019. My wife and I went to Vegas uh, in June and I ate like shit and drank like shit the entire time. And I was like, this is my, this is my last meal. So this is kind of the, the way I looked at it. Um, but it's, it was one of those things that I look back at now that I'm glad that I found because it was a mind perception and people still have this perception of keto. And that's where most of the hate comes from. Uh, and that's one thing I want to talk to you about is that most of the time when it comes to keto hate, uh, I, what I've experienced in the people that have done it are people that don't actually know what keto is, or they have a misconception of what keto is because they wrote, read a headline on an article that they didn't even read the article to. Uh, and so how do you yourself and how do you talk like, and tell people like my listeners and your, your followers, how do you deal with the misconceptions of keto and the, the kind of negativity that follows that? Well, I decided that I am 100% just done trying to convince anyone that, you know, keto is healthy or perfect or whatever, like they need to figure it out for themselves. And, and honestly, if you look at it and you break it down, it's me taking away the pasta in a dish and putting broccoli in its place. If you think that's unhealthy, I don't know what to tell you because honestly, I don't get much healthier than that. And it's like before keto, right? Yeah, I, was eating, I was eating French fries with a hamburger and a, a full sugar Dr. Pepper. And that was fine because yeah. that's the standard American diet. But I swap the fries for a side salad and I take the bun off my burger and now I'm killing myself. I'm going to give myself a heart attack and I am going to have high cholesterol. And if, if people really took the time to actually dive into the science of it, yeah. realize that it's a, a body fuel efficiency switch and it's, and cholesterol is not exactly the way that I think most people think it is. It's, cholesterol is a vehicle to move lipids around your body. And I don't think people really understand that. No. So with keto, when you're naturally eating more lipids, the fact that there's more transporters in your body is not really a bad thing. Yep. And so understanding blood work too is a big key factor in, in like understanding your own overall health, whether you're keto or not. We're going to take a quick pause for our snack break, sponsored by my friends at Monk Pack Snacks. They are the Keto Granola Bar Company. If you are looking for that taste of heaven that you've missed from those past companies that had all the sugars and stuff like that, Monk Pack Snacks is here to save your day. They have the best Keto Granola Bars and Keto Nut Seed Bars in the marketplace. So go to MonkPackSnacks.com. Go check out in the actual summary for your order make sure you add the code i feel butter 15 to save you 15 percent off this snack break again sponsored by monk pack snacks so for me i get my blood work done twice a year and so i really like to pay attention to my triglycerides in relation mm -hmm. to my cholesterol because low triglycerides with high hdl which is your good cholesterol 
that's a very, very good indicator of cardiovascular risk. So exactly. your triglycerides are low. Mine are always in the 40s. They have been since I started keto. And when your HDL is high, that indicates very, very healthy cardiovascular, good cardiovascular health. And so that is how I remain on keto. And I, just, I don't think people really like understand the full picture. So it's easy to demonize and hate what you don't understand. And that's a social thing. That's, that's a human thing. Yeah. But all I do or all I can do at this point is just kind of show people how my health is after four years of keto. And I give them the science bit. And I have a few TikToks talking about my kidneys because a lot of people will tell me like they're scared of um, keto messing with your kidneys because they hear that, you know, it'll damage it. So my kidney health is actually way better than it was when I first, when I first started keto, like when I was 32, like in 2017, my kidney health is amazing. Like my kidney function is way through the roof now. Yeah. And so it's like, I just try to show people what works for me because obviously health isn't a one size fit all thing. Diet isn't a one size fit all thing. So you have to kind of just take it for what it is. But if you fully understand what you're doing and the numbers and, and the health aspect of it, I think keto would be a lot less hated than it is now. And I think even with doctors too, like doctors are, well, they'll immediately, if someone's like, like a patient is saying that they're interested in starting keto, they'll immediately shut it down. And I almost think that it's just out of sustainability because it's really assumed that keto isn't sustainable or low carb isn't sustainable, but sustainability is subjective to every individual. To me, exactly. it's incredibly sustainable because I can adapt it to my the restaurants that I go to and I can manage my weight. I've maintained my weight for years now and I enjoy the food and I love it. And, and I don't ever want to go back to that place of bad health and like how shitty that that diet, standard American diet made me feel. So for me, totally sustainable. Yeah. And I'm sure, you know, people don't like to hear that. People like, you know, they, they like to demonize it for whatever reason, but it can be sustained and it can also be very great for your health. It truly, it, it truly has because, um, you mentioned the kidneys and I, I mentioned this on the last episode and a lot of people that have followed me throughout my journey, uh, my first month into keto, I got a kidney stone and, oh, no. and it has nothing to do with keto. It had literally nothing to do with keto. And the funny story was, is, and I mentioned this on the previous episode that I had with, um, the keto dealer. Uh, is that uh, the nurse is like, oh, you're doing keto. That's what caused your kidney stone. That's what it's told. Yeah, not, 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 not that I ate like shit for seven to eight years in a row and treated myself like a, a piece of Definitely trash. Definitely the month of keto. Yeah, I mean, literally, like I was forky from, you know, from Toy Story 4. I was trash. Like, that's how I treated my body was trash. And Same. I just, I like, and I, I, I got lucky because I, I have a doctor that's very supportive of my lifestyle change. Um, because he's seen the progression because I, at that time I had horrible, I didn't know this. I, I should have known this, but I did not know this because I just didn't want to go to the doctor or like see that mirror held up in front of me and tell me how bad I, health I was. And I had insanely high blood pressure, uh, stroke level, high blood pressure. And they were more concerned about my, my blood pressure than they were my pain because I was in severe amount of pain and, um, woke me up. And then I went to the doctor and I was like pre-diabetic. My numbers were shit. Like triglycerides were crappy. Uh, my, um, HDL, LDL, all this, all these numbers, my A1C levels were through the, like, wasn't through the roof. It was pre-diabetic levels. It wasn't diabetic level, but it was there. And throughout my keto journey, I've completely like got everything in line and I have slightly high cholesterol, 
but my triglycerides are perfect and my HDLs are perfect. And I had a conversation with my doctor just two days ago because I literally just did my blood work last week. Uh, and I have to do that for work because we have to get a wellness exam. Um, and before I would not pay attention to this wellness exam. I was like, I'm not going to, I don't want to know how bad my health is. Like, I don't want to know. Like if I die, I die. That's, that's how bad my health is. You know, that's, that was the, uh, I didn't want to, I didn't want to deal with it. Um, and, um, now I'm, I, I'm diving in and before, like, I was like, Oh, okay, this is the situation. And I, I told him and I've told him multiple times and I've even asked this question to a lot of doctors in like cholesterol medicine, uh, the statins that they're trying to provide to us only work up to 10%. Like it's not, these things are not to, to, to help. And I told them, I said, I'm not concerned about my cholesterol levels because I have my, my, my triglycerides are in perfect line. My HDLs are in perfect line. I said, they are moving. So yes, I have more because I, my body's like producing this and that's my body working itself the right way from what I understand. I said, so I'm not worried about this high cholesterol because I'm not eating unhealthy. I'm not living an unhealthy lifestyle. If I had high cholesterol and I was living an unhealthy lifestyle and I wasn't physically active, then there would be precursors of why I would take some sort of cholesterol medicine. And uh, he, uh, he was like, you know, it's your health. It's like, and he was like, you get to make that choice. And I was like, I've done everything now. And I'm not worried about this number. I'm not like, it's one of those that's slightly high. And I was like, I'm not worried about it. I'm 37 years old and I, I feel better than I ever have. My cardiovascular health is even better than it was when I was 30. Like I don't have a fatty liver anymore. My kidneys aren't trying to attack me uh, with stones. And um, it's just, it's, it's eye opening. And that's one thing of, of advice. And I'm glad you mentioned that you get your blood work done twice a year. Cause I get it done twice a year. Like I like to know exactly this last time I just came back yeah. from Vegas and I had, I had a lot of fun in Vegas this past summer and I came back and my numbers were just slightly elevated, not like in any type of dangerous levels. And my doctor goes, what happened? I was like, bro, I just got back from Vegas. Like, I'm just like, he was <laughs> like, oh, you're, you're, you're fine. It was literally two days after I got from, back from no, Vegas. No. And I was like, you know, I was like, Hey, this is what we're doing. But he like, he goes, I, I a little elevated, but they're not like, they're not out of any, they're not any scary range. He was like, so what happened? And I was like, I was in Vegas, man. He was like, oh, oh, no, you're fine. <laughs> and he completely understood. And so it wasn't like judgment, but I did deal with the, the, the fact, and I mentioned it and you mentioned it, is just how people viewed how I ate keto and how I still eat keto, especially because, I mean, you're in Arizona, I'm in Texas. We border Mexico. So we are in Mexican food heaven. And it's like, you go to a Mexican food restaurant and you don't eat the chips and that people were just like, what, what kind of eating disorder do you have? That's unhealthy. And I'm like, I'm like, are we sure? Are we sure what I'm doing is unhealthy? Like, because yeah, I could eat six baskets of chips and salsa. Hell yeah, I could do that. Oh yeah. I mean, but do I want to now? No, I don't want to. Cause I know what it's going to do in my body and I know how I'm going to feel afterwards. And I, and I, I joke cause my brother is not keto and he's not a big guy. Um, but now he's the bigger brother. So I used to be the fat brother and now he's the big brother <laughs> and he's older than me, but now he's that level. So I'm like, Hey, you get to eat this shit now. Um, but he, you know, he has that like, Oh, you can't have it. And I've had the points where, you know, if he says something, I've got to the point, if I'm going to a Mexican food restaurant with him, I take a bag of chicharrones with me and mm -hmm. I'll just, I'll just take my, I'll take my own things in there. And he's like, well, it's more healthy about that. And I was like, well, for first off, it doesn't have any carbs. I said it's it's straight it's straight animal fat and protein like mm -hmm. this is as as organic as possible. I said yours is a a deliciously crafted tortilla chip, but not the best health option for you. 
and uh, but I'm the one that has the eating disorder because right. of my, you know, because I'm eating this way. Uh, and so it blows my mind that the world that we live in and just how everything's progressed. And I and it's sad to me, especially when I see influencers in the world that are, you know, health influencers. And I always do that in quotations because if you're if you're pushing one side of the argument without knowledge of the other side, you're not really a health influence. You're just no. you're just you're you're just one of those educated people that learned a certain way and didn't try to figure out anything else. You're just like fed information, you memorized it, you're a sponge, and now you're just like, oh, this is the only way to do it. Um, but I have a problem with, um, and I, I, I do this occasionally, is that if I see an influencer that I enjoy, like if I'm following, because I work out now, I'm physically active, and I, if I'm watching this person, and they're like, hey, you know, you have to eat carbs to work out, like you, you're not going to, and I'll say, oh, if if you want to, I just, I'll send you a couple of articles so you can see, yeah, what you're saying is inaccurate. Um, there's a lot more information now of why keto's more successful for weight building or bodybuilding and that you can do this without carbs. You can do this with proteins and animal fats and do this with like protein sparing days. And uh, they're like, if off, you don't know what you're talking about. And I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> like, and it's, they're it's so the, defensive. yeah, it's like, I'm not, I'm not doing it publicly to them. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not putting in the comment. I'm like, Hey, you know, I've enjoyed following you, but some of the information you're pushing is incorrect. And I would really like, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to weigh in, be educated on both sides. And so understand that this is the world that we live in. What you're pushing is, you know, stuff that was was assumed 10 years ago, but now is completely changed with the science is that more, more and more people in the health world and the science world are saying, oh, shit, keto actually is the way of the, you know, the way of the light and the, the, the future. But um, what's something that you've missed in the keto world? You mentioned pasta just like a few minutes back. But what's something that you've missed as a keto person that you loved to take part of when you were a, uh, just a, you know, a normie? Uh, look, <laughs> like you said earlier, we are right next to Mexico. I definitely miss pounding out six baskets of chips with my yep. salsa, you know, but like you, I kind of bring my own Quest chips most of the time. And to me, that's pretty good because it's not only like just a better option because it's high protein, but they're portion controlled. So it's one bag and when I run out, that's it. Yeah. And you know, if I'm having an off, like a, an off plan day or whatever, I will want a pound, like six, bat, like six baskets of the chips because they're not portion controlled for me. They're in front of my face. Yeah. <laughs> but definitely tortillas. I really love stuffed crust. Pizza Hut. Pizza. I get it. I get it. Yeah. I get it. Uh, the rolls from Texas Roadhouse. I adoringly watch my boyfriend eat those across the table from me every time we go. So that's great. Love that for me. Um, the chicken fried chicken and gravy at Texas Roadhouse used to be something on rotation all the time for me. Yeah. <laughs> that makes me a little sad. Um, Ordering like desserts and stuff, I never really did that a lot, so I don't totally miss like having to order desserts at restaurants or whatever. But I do miss like if I'm out at breakfast, like seeing the French toast on the menu because you're like, oh, like covered in bananas and whipped cream yeah. and chicken and all that. So that's a little sad, but really it's all in your mind, you know, because you also have to pair that desire with wanting to eat that with. Uh, if I eat that, I'm going to feel like shit. I yeah. am not worth it. I'm going to feel like shit. I'm going to be bloated. I'm going to like be like lethargic, you know? So 
I'll have my omelet and bacon happily. <laughs> you know, and that, that that's the one thing that uh, that I struggled with the first few months because I, I didn't go to restaurants that often. Uh, and I travel for a living. And so I, my, I'm, I'm a traveling banker. I go all around West Texas, New Mexico and Southern Colorado. And, uh, it's, it's, it's hard to, to know what to eat. And so I was bringing my lunch with me, uh, as I was starting keto and doing that. And I was that weirdo that would like stop at a park and like eat my lunch. And like, (laughs) especially if like, if there was kids around and parents were like, why is this white guy? eating his sandwich and looking at us eating my cheese like leave me please um <laughs> avocado with like turkey just spread everywhere so it's just like it was just a, it's a different world and so i uh i i started to like figure out okay what can i order and that's when i learned to like stick to the protein side of uh restaurants uh stay away from sauces uh because sauces and seasonings are where they get you with their uh those mm-hmm. are the secret sugars and uh now like i don't have an issue ordering a dish that I want keto vibe because I'll say, Hey, I want this, but I don't want this. Like, this is what I want. And they're like, Oh, okay. And initially people would be, you know, especially when I take customers out, they would just like stare at me like the hell. And I'm like, don't judge. Like, this is what we're doing. And I think that's the, one of the hardest things is that before I'd eat anything on that menu and like yeah. add to it, don't take anything away from it, order all that I wanted and I would secretly be like, oh, do you want dessert? I'm like, no, I don't want dessert. It's I had I had enough. And like you could tell the waiter was like, no shit, you had enough. You just ate like everything. <laughs> so the uh that was the one thing that was hard to do at first is uh, develop a a habit of ordering correctly at restaurants and then not being afraid to order at those restaurants. And so uh do you have any restaurants that you've been to? And you don't have to name the restaurants, but have you ever been to a restaurant that just like judged you? For how you ordered your food i'm sure they all secretly judge me but as long as they're judging me in the back in the kitchen and not to my face i don't care yeah, that's fine. you know <laughs> they're not eating it but i actually I, like if you don't follow me i'm kind of known for like never cooking and eating out all the time and so i've just learned how to keto at every place that i've ever eaten and i've never really once had an issue where i couldn't accommodate my lifestyle yeah like you know from their menu like i've always been able to do it so that's one thing i love showing people is like you don't have to be embarrassed and actually nowadays it's way more common to request a burger without a bun or swap pasta for broccoli that's like yeah. a very common request at olive garden now and um like even at chili's i do it all the time and so they don't really bat an eyelash you know and if they do you just be nice and explain kind of what you're wanting and then or if they still don't understand you can just explain well I'm trying not to eat carbohydrates like what do you suggest you know and they're usually like very very nice and accommodating and sweet they you know they want to make you happy and so it's never really been an issue but I one of my favorite things probably that is like a staple that I'll never get tired of is a big cheeseburger (laughs) cheeseburger one of my favorites steak protein chicken you know you can like dress up the proteins or whatever and then as long as you pair it with a side salad or a vegetable you're pretty much good you know yep and so i me being in texas like barbecue is huge here like it's Mm -hmm. you know it's it's like a it's the 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 state animal of texas is barbecue but we just eat it and everything uh and that was the one thing that um here that I that I didn't struggle with, but like the restaurants would struggle with because you'd have these platters and you're like, oh, I just want you know turkey and brisket, 
And they're like, okay, what do you want for your side? And I was like, I don't want a side. Like, I, you know, it's either, you know, mashed potatoes, potato salad, corn, uh, baked beans, corn, baked beans <laughs> fried something here, that. And I was like, I don't need a side. And they, so I got to the point, like, because I, at the beginning, I was like, oh, I just got to order a plate. This is how I'm going to do it. And because I was afraid of overeating. And like, I was afraid of, you know, going through that process, eating, you know, binge eating and stuff like that. So now I'll walk into a barbecue joint and I order just the meat. I'm like, hey, I need a half a pound of brisket, a half a pound of turkey, and then I eat what I want to eat and I get everything else to go. That's and exactly how I order. I just order by like the, the quarter pound or whatever. Yeah. And they, they and I still get that question, do you want any sides? And I'm like, no. And they're like, okay. Like it's like I don't I don't need I got I don't I'm I'm the reason I'm ordering just the meat is to not have to have that fight or that that conversation with the sides. And it's hard to do because like some mashed potatoes and corn and, you know, fried green beans and all this other delicious stuff that's there. It's like, oh, but I'll say, hey, can you get me a, a cup of pickles and like uh, jalapenos yeah. to go? And they're like, oh, OK. But it's it's a different world. That was the that was the one struggle that I had in the state of Texas is that barbecue's huge and people are just as proud of their sides as they are their barbecue. So when you don't want a side, it's like, why? You know, it's like going to your grandma's house. And not eating her potato potato salad and her burning you with a cigarette because you didn't eat her potato salad. Um, true story. But that was the uh, <laughs> grandma was a horrible person. But she had really good potato salad apparently. Um, I did not eat it to spite her, uh, and I think it helped me in my keto journey. Um, I think it did. You know, I didn't have that vice to to carry on. But uh, to go forward and to kind of close up the interview, Chelsea, what is something uh, that you've seen over the last four years in your keto journey? that you didn't think you would see at the beginning? Well, maybe how popular it really is now. I love, like when someone tells me in my life that they're starting keto, I love it. I just, I think it's amazing. I think it's still kind of a sad diet, but I think people are also seeing that it works and that it really is a real solution. It's not just a fad diet. It's not like speech body. It's not, you know, like a medication. It's literally just, nutrition and changing your body through food and I think there are people who are like realizing that and they're sustaining it and they're showing you know the world that it can be done so the fact that it's becoming popular getting credibility from the masses that's not something that I saw as much in the beginning in the beginning I think it was definitely more like fad type of a type of a thing but also all the keto products now like all that stuff didn't exist Everywhere. when I was first yeah. <laughs> like all the sugar-free options, like the keto-friendly ice cream, the keto-friendly this and that, the snacks and stuff, that is all, like, I feel like some people can't do that stuff, but for me, I love that kind of stuff because it just helps me stay satisfied and yeah. it helps me, like, stay happy and it keeps me from feeling deprived with the way I'm eating. So for me, like, keto snacks and, like, substitutes and low-carb tortillas, I'm all about it. I love that stuff. Yeah, and that, I, you know, I'm almost three years in. When I first started, like it was, it was painstaking just to find almond flour. Like it was, and that was just three years ago. And like now, you walk up and down like a baking aisle, and you have literally a, a full cap of products, anywhere from almond flour, coconut flour. Uh, I've seen cauliflower flour and pecan flour, all this other stuff that you wouldn't think of. The sugar substitutes that used to be just like the smallest bag of Swerve that you could, and now there's like a whole four or five shelves of just the uh, the the alternative sweeteners uh that are there and so it's been it's been interesting to see just over the last almost three years of the products that are available because 
like you, I like to ketify things. And so I want, like, I wanted to ketify normal meals and I've done that. I've done that with like gumbo and um, beef stroganoff and Asian foods. I wanted to show people that you could ketify these things at your house and it still be just as good uh, than it would be at a restaurant. Now, pizza is a different story. Uh, pizza's, and I'll say this to every guest I have and every time, every conversation I have with pizza, and because everybody's like, you miss pizza. And I was like, well, yeah, uh, pizza's good. Uh, yeah. Am I human? Yeah, and like, we have, I'm lucky where I'm at. I'm in Lubbock, Texas. And so we're in the, the panhandle of Texas, but we have a, a pizzeria here that has a cauliflower based crust that's only like six net carbs, 420 calories. Macros wow. are like killer. And it doesn't taste like crap. And they, uh, they'll do it well done. And so it feels like the bottom of the pizza is like an actual, like, you know, crunchy pizza, like a thin Good crust. For them. But when I went to Vegas this summer, I was like, yeah, I, I, I had pizza for the first time in two years. Like two years this is the first time I've had normie pizza. And I, I took that first bite and I was like, ah, it's, it's, cauliflower crust is not the same. It's just, it's just not, there's no replacement. It's definitely cauliflower. Yeah, I was like, I can't, I can't. Like there, you, there's no replacement there. But uh, oh. it's been one of my favorite things is seeing how much is growing. It's kind of a scary thing too because it does put that fad diet label onto keto, which keto's been around for hundreds of like a hundred years now, like a hundred years now, and it's used for epilepsy and the diabetic treatments, and then you know, mass medicine took over and kind of recreated the way we looked at, you know, health. And, uh, and so that's the, the crazy thing that I've seen with keto is that it it's, they're like, Oh, of course you're doing keto. Everybody's doing keto. That's one thing I don't like about keto. But at the same point in time, what I do like about it is that I do have the alternatives because if somebody says, Oh, you can't eat pasta. I'm like, well, you can eat pasta. Like there's different keto pastas out there. There's wonder noodles. There's those like palm hearts and, um, Kaizen, Kaizen Pasta Company came out. It's only like three net carbs per like serving, yeah, and they and they look phenomenal. And I'm like, and I ordered some today. So and I not sponsored by anyway. This is not sponsored. <laughs> this is me saying it's out there. It looks delicious. I'm hoping that it is delicious. But it's it's cool to see that that creates that sustainability that you touched on about 10, 20 minutes ago. Uh, that that this diet, this lifestyle, this diet is sustainable. You just have to make it sustainable. You have to find the alternatives or make the alternatives. And that's what people are doing. And I've had multiple um, people reach out to me, like these smaller companies that are uh, husband and wife. They're like, hey, we couldn't find this. And now we created it. Would you try it? And I'm like, well, hell yeah, because I'm not going to lie. And I've been very honest about my Instagram story, like why I got on Instagram. And one of the reasons I got on Instagram for my health was like I, I'd been a year into keto I'd lost, I was almost a hundred pounds down. And I was like, I want to be on Instagram when I, when I hit other part hundred pounds down. Cause I want free shit. I want to get free <laughs> snacks. And, and I did. So I've, I've benefited from the, uh, the free snacks. I've benefited from these companies that have like sent me stuff just to try it. And, and I love it because it just shows that how supportive the culture is and uh, just how good the, 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 the alternatives can be. There are some alternatives there that are trash. Um, Oh, yeah. <laughs> and like literally you'll eat it and you're like, I'm eating this again. Like it's just it's not worth it. But that's the cool thing that I've seen about keto. And other than that, other than the diet style, I want to I, I want to finish on two questions. And the first question being, what's something that you're looking forward to this year, either by like music or entertainment or travel that you want that you want to just brag about like that, that that's your like a movie that's coming out or anything like that what's what's something that you're excited by that's coming out in 2022 so my little sister is getting married in missouri in october this year oh. and i have 
to fly there. And that's going to be the first time um, being on a plane since I lost weight. And the last time I was on a plane, I was extremely uncomfortable. I had to request a seatbelt extender and it was super embarrassing. So I'm just looking forward to being able to actually ride a plane <laughs> without a seatbelt extender yep. and be comfortable and not miserable. So I'm really, really excited for that. Almost as excited as being in the wedding. Honestly. I mean, yeah, but I mean, that. That, but I mean, that's a non-scale victory that you're like, I'm getting, oh, cause really? I was, the, I, I would be once a month I had to fly and I hated jumping on those planes because I could feel like, and I, it could be just my own perception. This could be just me, but I could see all eyes on me. Like, I really hope this guy's not sitting next to me. And that's the sad part is it's not just your perception. People do judge. Like when they see the large person walking down the aisle, they are like, Oh God, I hope that's not next to me. I mean, it is, it's a thing and people do think it. And I was very well aware of that too. And that gave me anxiety and I hated that. Yeah. I, hate, I didn't never wanted to be that person that, you know, people would exactly. dread if I sat next to them. And I, and I always felt horrible for the person I sat next to. Like I always felt bad. Now I walk yeah. on and I'm six foot three, so I'm tall. But, like, I'm not in any way, like, a human being that people are going to be like, oh, I don't want to sit next to this guy. Um, but I, the the last time I flew was back in November. I flew out to Houston to go on a fishing trip and stuff like that. And the guy that sat next to me, I sat on the window side, which I never would sit on window side as a big man. Like, I felt like I was claustrophobic. I felt like I was squishing everybody else into the aisle. I'd sit in an aisle seat and, like, lean over kind of thing. Um, but I sat on the window seat and the guy that sat next to me was a big dude. Like he was a big dude. And he, the first thing he did was apologize to me for sitting down. And I was like, bro, you don't have to say sorry. Like, you're fine. Like you're, you're good, dude. And, uh, he was like, no, I know a lot of people just are, don't like to, to deal with that. And I was like, man, I said, I used to be your size. So I was like, I completely understand where you're coming from, but don't feel that way. And I was like, don't feel that way. I said, just, 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 just enjoy the ride. And I said, you're not bothering me any, I don't give a shit. Uh, and like, you could tell this guy and then during the flight, he like bothered me when I was watching my movie. That's the only thing that bothered me. He kept like asking questions and I was like, okay. <laughs> and so I literally stopped what I was doing and I was like, what do you want to talk about? And like, it was more of like, Hey, what did you do? And so I went through my Instagram with him and I was like, and I'm not trying to like, it wasn't clout or anything. It was just like, Hey, like it's there. Like, it just depends. And I said, but you need to talk to who, you know, figure out if it's comfortable for you, find something that works for you, man. But it, it's just that moment. And that was one of the, my first like. I'd lost so much weight, but I hit a hundred pounds down during the freaking pandemic. And so oh, like wow. nobody was traveling then. So it's like, yeah. and I sure the hell wasn't traveling for work. So that was one thing that I, and I'm so excited even nowadays when I get on a plane is that I'm like, Oh, this feels so good. Like I feel so good on this plane because I love flying. I love flying. Even as a fat guy, I love flying. Um, <laughs> felt free, you know, and then outside of your health journey, what's one thing about yourself that most people might not know about you? I was a phone call conversation translator for the deaf when I was. You're a relay operator. I was a relay operator. That was my first real job, and I loved it so much. And funny story, I'll just get into it quickly. So we kind of got taken over by the Nigerian scam industry. They were using our relay center to anonymously use stolen credit cards to like buy computers from Best Buy and stuff. So as the operator, we would have to relay the scam call and it was completely anonymous because the law. <laughs> so I leaked that whole thing to our newspaper and they made the front page and I 
got fired and I ended up taping, I ended up going to the gas station and buying every newspaper with the front page article and I cut them all out and I went in the middle of the night and I taped it all over the building, like 500 million copies of this article and I taped it all over the building. Like, not you, petty at all. You not, fired not me, not everyone knows. <laughs> That is, I mean, I mean, truthfully, that, I mean, that makes sense because we used to deal with those relay operators. Uh, when I first started in banking, I worked in the call center as long as, as I wrote because I was a rover. So I'd do like teller work, personal banking work, consumer lending work, and I'd put different places, but I was housed in the call center and we'd get the phone calls from the relay operators. Uh, and like <laughs> every single time, all I, all I felt like I said, all I felt like this is fucking fraud. Like that's, that's what all yeah. I was like, there's fraud here. And it's not y'all's fault. It's the, you know, you don't know what's going on. And so, yeah, I, I feel for you. That's a tough job. That's absolutely a tough job to have. And that you took, that you're able to put that on the life. So you've been making headlines for a long time. Even, <laughs> even, well, even before Well, making people the, mad, I guess, would be like so, the better. <laughs> be like, you know, bullied, former bullied uh, keto-er uh, tore down a relay company and now they've closed and they fired everybody. Look at me and, now. I'm yeah. thriving. <laughs> is that, is that business still open? No, they actually closed not not too long after I got fired. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, look at that. You took down you took down that. Uh, that's like an Aaron Brockovich. You could add a movie yeah, like man. Aaron Brockovich there. So there you go. <laughs> well, Chelsea, uh, let everybody know that who might not know you, where to go find you. Where, where's your Instagram, your TikTok, all that good stuff? Sure, I'm pretty much keto half after all over the internet. I'm on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. And Facebook, you can find me as Keto Half After wherever you go. Yeah, and uh, her her best days during the week is Stick Tick Thursday. It's it's yeah, a that is my recipe. favorite day, Stick Tick Thursday. And Moose Knuckle Monday is a close second. So what are you eating on Monday that makes it Moose Knuckle? <laughs> that, I mean, it doesn't necessarily <laughs> have to represent what you're eating, sir. <laughs> well, I'm just saying you have the uh, the Thick Thick Thursday was a sausage day. It was a sausage slow cook recipe. Well, if you want to celebrate the day, then okay. it's a sausage day. <laughs> see, I get, see, so you're, okay, I get what you're doing there. I get what you're doing yeah. there. Uh-huh. So I would, I would morph it into. Tuesday is Tuesday. There you go. <laughs> and so this is going to be released on Moose Knuckle Monday, which is Great. actually Valentine's Day. So. Oh, perfect. There you go. So Chelsea, <laughs> I greatly appreciate you coming on uh, and uh, looking forward to it. Hopefully we can get you back on again for the, another episode. I'd love to. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you for listening to episode three of I Feel Butter. Music by Jackson's Lost Cause. You can find them on Spotify. I want to thank Chelsea, a.k.a. the Keto Half-Asser, for coming on again. And as always, I have a new special guest. Hey, please like and subscribe to my dad's podcast. Thank you to my daughter, Lily. This is called Child Labor. I hope this episode made you feel butter. Because I feel butter.